I was really on the fence about recording anything today, being April Fools and April first.、Um, I spent quite a few hours.、Um, I should be ashamed of myself. I spent a few hours on Twitter, just sort of like reading things and getting super excited. And I'm not gonna lie, I, I fell for a lot of it. I, I、um, some of it <laughs> made me go looking for more research to see if it was accurate, and then. Then everybody. Then you go and you start reading the comments, and you realize, oh, I just got, I just got,、uh, I just got、uh, caught April Fool's. Basically,、um, the biggest one was probably the Coinbase bureau with this breaking news of the SEC、uh, having held a quarter of the supply of Doge. I think that was probably like the creme de la creme because. You're talking about a production that went into that, and I just thought it was、uh, it was outstanding. So,、um, so hey, you know, a shout out to all those who did a really good job putting great content out, even though the majority of it was fictitious、uh, or or intended to be comedic in nature. But I, I will say that what is going on these days、uh, is certainly no laughing matter in terms of、uh, where we are with Bitcoin,、uh, but more generally with crypto. I think a lot of people that are diehard、uh, within the Bitcoin community, whether you want to call them maxis or otherwise, are, are far less concerned about the status of Bitcoin than perhaps those that are more excited about the altcoin market. Whether it's for trading or they really believe in a specific product or project, like like Ethereum as an example,、um, or XRP, which you know those are all being looked at and probably under the microscope of the of the SEC,、um, and there are you know th- thousands of those. But you know, I th- I think just looking at Bitcoin itself, I, I I don't think there's a better time to be understanding of what Bitcoin is and its implications in the. Not in the U.S., but in the global market.、Uh, my last couple podcasts, we were pretty much just outlining how you know the banking crisis could really sort of、um, expedite, if you will, the move towards a Bitcoin standard.、Uh, but you know, I, I think there's still quite a bit of work before it gets to a point where we see this type of real, real、um, accelerated adoption. Uh, you may see. I mean, 2023 may kind of reveal itself in in more countries like El Salvador、uh, adding it to their balance sheet. I don't think there's a question that that's very likely、uh, to happen. Very probable that that could happen.、Um, and where would that fall? Okay, certainly not North, not the United States,、uh, but I think South America. Really, some of the countries in South America,、uh, and and really, don't exclude Argentina from this list. Perhaps have a really good shot at adding Bitcoin、uh, as an alternative uh, to their uh, to their balance sheet for the reasons of just overall failures of currency. Right?、Um, you could see Turkey perhaps adopt, even though I, I do still feel like some of the more Middle Eastern countries or Eastern European countries perhaps may struggle.、Uh, you've got a very old mindset、uh, that still sort of like dominates in some countries. So Turkey, perhaps being one of them, but but really, if you look at South America,、uh, there are so many opportunities that I think a lot of the countries have learned from what Argentina has,、uh, excuse me, what El Salvador has accomplished.、Uh, so I, th- I do think there's a really immense probability there. But you know, that aside, 
just looking at what what's happening with the banking uh, and what's really sort of like transpiring and how what's going on with the banking just in America and the United States could really have implications in terms of where Bitcoin goes next. And it's interesting how everyone's always in the last several years said, really, really, oh, it has to be institutional adoption. I kind of raise a question mark on that. I mean, yes, institutional adoption of, of Bitcoin could certainly have major implications in sort of like price movement. But I, I think it's also not smart to underestimate the power of the population, right? So you have such a, a, a vast population of individuals in this world that perhaps as more and more countries default or more currencies sort of collapse around the world, uh, it's not going to be institutions that really are concerned about their pockets. It's going to be the individuals, right? Um, you know, Lebanon is certainly an example of that where, unfortunately for Lebanon, the adoption for a lot of people there of Bitcoin came a bit late, right? Had it been more preemptive, where people said, oh, something really strange is happening, uh, maybe we should move our money into something, to an alternative asset, right? To, or, an, or a sort of like parallel monetary system outside of the, the circulating monetary system. But I think Lebanon also serves as a remarkable example of how you don't really get a advance notice, if you will, that your currency is about to collapse. And I think that's pretty important to recognize that. And for people like whoever's listening to this to share it with others and say, look, you ought to know that the people of Venezuela or the people of Lebanon didn't have an advance notice that their currency was going to eventually go to zero right? Uh, they woke up one day and their currency dropped by three, 400% in value or purchasing power, or maybe that's excessive. It dropped in 70%, let's say. You know, for, for, for the Western world where we are very privileged and we have, we have generally very robust economies, we don't worry about these things. We don't think anything of it. But when you're talking about markets that really don't have that luxury of having the United States dollar as being sort of like the reserve currency or the petrodollar uh, being sort of the, 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 the currency that you earn on a monthly basis as an income, if you're earning Lebanese liras or, uh, or Turkish, right, or some other South American currency of, it, of any kind, uh, whether it be the peso or uh, the reals of Brazil, etc., you have to start thinking in terms of, I am not an American citizen, even though Americans now, given how potentially the world is moving away from the U.S. dollar and more and more countries are uniting around, whether it's BRICS or, <clears throat> or perhaps any other pact that may occur, um, how those individuals or those countries are earning in their local currencies are likely to drop a lot faster against the U.S. dollar, right? And that's something that's, that has to be pointed out why I think it's, it would be foolish of anyone to sort of like think that they're somehow exempt from where this is all headed, right? Um, and, and also, you look at the way things have sort of like played out since the pandemic, you, it's almost as if there's some sort of, you know, really well collaborative um, initiative around the globe, right? Very well um, orchestrated uh, to take the world into an entirely different direction. 
Uh, so we, the buzzword new world order, sure, let's go with that. And so it just is a really good time to hedge against those currencies if you don't want to, two scenarios, A, don't want to see your currency go to zero purchasing power or 1% purchasing power, right? 99% loss purchasing power. Or B scenario, you don't want the surveillance potential of the CBDC to be your only uh, source of revenue or purchasing capabilities uh, that would again fall within some sort of government system. So what are the systems that are outside of that that you can essentially put yourself in? Well, the first one would be clearly Bitcoin. It's something that you know I, as a proponent of, would certainly uh, advocate for. And the other, gold. Uh, and of course, there are other metals that many people look at. But let's just look at those two as sort of like being the apex of their respective areas. Bitcoin being the apex digital currency, digital gold. Uh, and then gold being gold, you know, proven 5,000 years, etc. And I think that's really what it comes down to is being able to identify those two uh, winning alternatives that could potentially save you and your family in the event that there is truly a sort of financial collapse uh, of currencies around the world. Um, and so those are kind of like things to think about um, how to position yourself. And then, of course, there's the argument that you're going to hear again and again and again. And, 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 the, and the argument is, well, look, a Bitcoin is 28,000, is 22,000, is 60,000, is 100,000. I can't afford a Bitcoin. I think that's the greatest piece of this that requires education. Um, I think the understanding of how the system actually works is what people must understand to recognize uh, where they're ability is to come into the game or come into the uh, come into the space um, and one would argue the same for gold right I, if you can't own an ounce of gold because it's two thousand five hundred or twenty thousand dollars maybe you can own a gram of gold right it's irrelevant about the the actual quantity what's relevant is the exchange of whatever it is that you have to that asset so that whatever you do have, is preserved, and so that's the education piece, or the, or p- perhaps the l- the lack of really clear understanding that I think the majority of people have that they can't wrap their minds around. That I think if they can overcome that hurdle, um, their understanding becomes much much stronger, and then all of a sudden adoption becomes literally a no-brainer. Um, and so they say, "Oh, I get it. Why would I keep all my money in, you know, in?" X currency when I can, you know, put five or 10% in something else that I know in an event that, and not the event, the, the likely scenario uh, that will happen in a, as in a matter of time, right? We just don't have that definitive time yet, but in a matter of time, um, I've got something outside of that system to preserve my purchasing power so I can put food on the table, turn on the electricity, etc. So anyways, just wanted to kind of throw this out as a non-April Fool's joke, a little conversational piece here about really where we are, where things are headed, um, and and how to sort of look at investments like Bitcoin and gold as sort of the um, opportunity really of a lifetime and to not make the mistakes that other countries are making. So I think if, unfortunately, people rarely do learn from history. 
But right now, we have such incredible platforms to sort of like get information out in front of other people like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. And so it's hard to argue for excuses. If people in Nigeria are accessing Bitcoin and making that conversion today because they recognize the necessity of it, it's really sort of ignorant and naive to think that just because you're in the United States that you shouldn't at least think about the possibility that this could potentially happen at some point in time.